Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 243 with Mike Sal. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well, Dale. Thanks for having me. 243, that's a big number. Good for it you. It is, mate. It is. Thank you very much. And they, um, I have actually had a big break from doing it. So you are the first podcast I've done in about six months um, and the first for 2022. And um, I'm really excited about that. I love your energy. Um, for previous listeners to get more of your backstory and everything you're doing, you can go to episode 148. And that's when I had Mike on the podcast last and you can check everything out there. Um, but you've got some really exciting things coming up that I can't wait to talk about. But how has the new year started for you, mate? How's it all going? You know, it's, it's, it's going well. Um, I always look forward to the new year. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about some habits today. I, I am not one that creates a lot of new things in the new year. I just continue with what I'm doing, always try to improve. And that hasn't changed. So I have a, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I have a good outlook. I try to stay positive. So the year is going well, enjoying this time period in my life. Perfect, mate. I love to hear that. And, and as I said before, uh, a lot of people do start the year with goals and news resolutions and everything like, which is great. And, and I'm one to do that. I set goals and um, I really encourage a lot of people to do that. I love the work you're doing, particularly around different habits for success. And we're going to talk about your new book a little bit today, but just for people out there today, can we go through the five habits of success you need, particularly for professionals, individuals, anybody. Um, and if listeners, do you know what I mean? You might, not resonate with all of them, but if you can take away one or two, implement it, you know, for 2022, that's going to be a really good start. So Mike, five out of success, where do we start, mate? Yeah, you know, for me and, and, you know, being someone who's done so much work in the kinesthetic world and physical activity, you know, that's the first thing that I talk about is living a physical life because we are such brain body creatures. Our, our brain demands movement. And there's so much more to it. Uh, and if I get too long on one. No, habit, you're right. Go for it, mate. I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it our, you know, our brain demands that our body moves for so many reasons, for physical health, for mental health, of course, reduces depression, reduces anxiety. But there are other ways to think about a physical life. You know, one of the keynotes I've been doing recently for physical educators is, is, is around, um, you know, what a physical life does for a successful life that a physical life is key to your emotional life and to your social life and to your intellectual and academic life to a successful life. Like the, the really key turning points in my life, I, I, you know, the, what, where I give tribute to is my physical life. I always had physical challenges and physical successes. My definition of success um, before these really key events in my life happened. My physical life has always propelled me forward. And then there's so many other things around being physical, how we hold ourselves and our body language, and our posture and, you know, raising testosterone levels, but through doing so, lowering cortisol levels. So there's a lot that goes into being physical, recognizing that. And at my age, um, that's something I strive to do every day. It looks a little different than it did 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I play a lot more pickleball than I used to and more golf than I used to, but that's all a part of the physical life. I still run my mountain bike. I still am in the weight room uh, two or three times a week. Uh, so I just try to, I think that's where it all begins because without that, 
everything else really begins to, in, in my opinion, fail. So yeah. leading a physical life is, is key for me as, as a first habit. And this, you know, the, the, the second habit that I like to talk about is changing your mind um, or, or managing your stress through changing your mind. You know, and that life is about perspective, uh, right? I mean, I love my life. I'm just that kind of person. I love my existence. I try to work at it every day. At the same time, over the past, you know, few years, my, my kids have moved on. Uh, I buried both parents. I've had like four or five surgeries. My dog even died. I mean, someone might look at my life and think, that sucks. But I don't. I mean, all those things were really rough to go through, but there's so many other wonderful things to be grateful for, which we'll get to in a few minutes. So, so perspective and reframing situations in our own minds uh, and also making, also making use of mindfulness and meditation. I'm a daily meditator. All of this is about changing your mind and managing your stress through changing your mind. Um, and then, you know, the, the next habit is, is really around sharpening your mental game. And for me, that means, a, and, and, and by the way, these habits are not the only habits that can propel your life forward. These are just five that really, they speak to me. And at this point in my life, what I'm trying to do is to give back. I want, I want people who are younger than me and who have more personal and professional life ahead of them to have great lives. And these are the habits that speak to me. And in sharpening your mental game, it is about setting goals, as you've already mentioned. And it is also uh, about creating personal mission and comparing our goals and our life's work back to that mission. And is it aligning itself? It just sets us on a straight path. Um, the, the, the next habit, the last two habits, one is around gratitude uh, and just the power of, of gratefulness and what it can do for our lives. And, and all these things are applicable to the classroom as well. Uh, for, you know, for those teachers out there who are listening and Creating a grateful classroom is, is a fantastic thing. Uh, so how do we practice gratitude? What are the things that we can do to make it a part of our everyday existence? And finally, morning routine. And there are different thoughts out there about morning routine. Um, I have what I do. And, I, you know, I interviewed some teachers for this work uh, because I wanted teachers to, you know, to read about real teachers. You know, you can find fantastic morning routines um, you know, of, of people, and you'll never be able to achieve them. Uh, <laughs> and these are real teachers doing real things every morning that sets their day up for success. And I have my own routine that I do. Uh, so yeah, so leading a physical life, managing stress through changing your mind, sharpening your mental game, practicing gratitude and creating morning routine to really, you know, pardon the, the overused expression, win the day. Ooh, those yes. are the five, those are the five habits that I really rally around and like to rally other people around. Yeah, and, and I love that. A very cliche, win the morning, win the day, Mike, but it, it really is true. And I, I'd love to go through each of those five with you. And probably the, the biggest one for me, and, and I know you're exactly the same, I'm quite motivated. So I don't, it's not an it's not a battle for me to get out of the bed in the morning, go to the gym or go for a walk or do some form of exercise. For so many people though, it's a chore. It's something that they dread. How do we change it? And I suppose it might come back to reframing, like you said, mindset, but 
it is so important to move your body, but also have fun while you're doing it and not use it as, you know, I've got to do this so then I can eat some alcohol or eat some chocolate or drink some alcohol. Like don't use it as a punishment rewarder. Um, how do we sort of change it so people know that they want exercise and, and they love it and it's fun and they look forward to it? Yeah, I think it's about picking the thing that you love uh, to move around. I mean, the, the, I'll speak to pickleball. It is this huge phenomena worldwide here in the United States. It's the only sport that's showing growth and participation. It's incredible because people enjoy it. It's social. It's fun. People can play at every level and play with other people at, at the same level they're at. There's so many things about it that are enjoyable. And so it helps people to move. And at my age, I do look at movement. I used to be like, I'm in the gym. You know, I'm going at it five, six days a week. Um, you know, or, or, or I'm, you know, I'm running, uh, I ran for a long time. I can't anymore because of back surgery, but, uh, and, but now it's more about what I, I look at movement and maybe this will be a change in perspective for someone who's listening and really doesn't know this. I don't look at movement, um, about weight loss or even sometimes physical health. Although it is, I look at it for my mental health at my age, just moving is critical because uh, it makes me feel better. So if I can find things that I like doing, and I have so many things to choose from, my wife and I go for long walks, sometimes hikes, I go on my mountain bike, I play pickleball, um, I get on the bike, you know, downstairs at the gym. So there's just, you have to find that thing that makes it fun for you, pleasurable. So you get the dopamine release when you think about going to do it, that we're, yeah. we're pain pleasure creatures. And so the more that we can do things that are pleasurable, the, the more that we can um, maintain that habit. Yeah. And, and like you said, when you're doing something that is either socializing or it's fun, you don't actually realize what you're doing because you're enjoying the motion. Whereas if you are dreading fitness or movement, then it's obviously not working for you. And there's so many options out there to go and try it. And um, I think particularly after the last two years, um, so many people have been locked down. Their training habits may have changed. Um, what a perfect opportunity to go and try something new. Put yourself out there. Um, if there's something you've always wanted to do, it'd be a great opportunity, isn't it? Because you haven't been able to do that. Now you can. Go and give it a go. It's just the cornerstone. And, you know, the pandemic uh, put downward pressure on physical activity. We know physical activity levels dropped, which puts pressure on mental health. You don't, you don't sleep as well. It, it just is this vicious cycle. And so now's the time. You, now we can get out more and more, which is great. I, to your point, get out there, try something new, find something fun and just move, just stay yeah. in motion. Good yeah. for our bodies and more so good for our brains. Yeah. And I think that's one thing people are realizing now, Mike, that um, yes, we don't want to pack the kilos on or the, the COVID coaches have heard people call it, but it's actually keeping your mind on. And that really comes back to your next point about changing your mind and reframing that it's a lot easier to be able to reframe when you, you know, you're exercising, you're active and you're feeling good about yourself, isn't it? When you're not exercising, trying to find a positive and a negative, it doesn't really go that, it's not that easy, is it? No, it's, it's not that easy when we, when we are sedentary, it's a lot easier to maintain a better perspective about life when you're physically active. It just, it just turns on the brain chemicals, uh, it takes your neurotransmitters and balances them. That's why we feel so good. It's just a lot of interesting research uh, about that. And it really helps physical activity moving into the next habit helps to manage stress. 
Uh, it's it's like an inoculation. Uh, it, it 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 just puts you in stressful situations for you know short periods of time, and so you're better able to handle stress at other times. Uh, so there's ways that's definitely to handle physical, physically to handle stress, but there are many ways to 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 manage our stress through changing our minds. Lots of ways to do that. Yeah, and with this particularly point number two, um, have you found that previous to the pandemic, people were probably more able to do this, whereas that sort of shifted a little bit, do you know what I mean, uh, with so many sort of negatives going on? Has there been a change that you've seen, unfortunately? No, I have. And I'm beginning to see, you know, glimmers of light. Yeah, um, yep. that's very I good. Think, I, I think at the beginning, everybody was, you know, together and hopeful and let's get through this. And then it just wore on and wore on and wore on. And it's really difficult to stay positive. And, uh, you know, I, I want to say to any teachers who might be listening, I, there's just never been a time in the history of our education that has been this difficult. And it's difficult to keep perspective. It is possible. Now, I'm not in a classroom anymore. I come from a family of educators. My life is about education. I work for an educational consulting firm, but I don't actually know what it's like to be in the classroom this minute with that amount of stress. I get that. It's unbearable sometimes, but perspective helps. How can I change this? How can I reframe this? How can I change my perspective? Because inherently, nothing is good or bad. Uh, In the words of Shakespeare, I believe it is thinking that makes it so. So we have the ability at all times to choose how we're going to perceive and feel about any situation, which is really hard sometimes. Yeah, it is really hard. And and when you put it and you say it and you think about it, it's actually easy. But when you're in that situation, when you're in the trenches and you can't see that light, it's those, those rational thoughts that we've just spoken about there, they're nowhere to be found, are they? They're really not. And that's why it's so important to have habits to lean on. You know, if I know that I'm going to get a workout in at at four o'clock at the end of my day, or that I'm going to start my day that way, or I'm going to meditate even for five or 10 minutes, and I know it's going to help me to feel better about all that went on. It's really important to have those things in place to make everything else a little bit easier, even in very difficult times. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And um, Around point number three, the the mental game, um, I've never, I'll share a little bit about myself here with you, Mike, but I've never really battled with, you know, finding motivation or I've always had a purpose, do you know what I mean? But that's been like we are talking about before, we both do a lot of speaking, you in the States and around the world, and, and I do that as well. I actually, that was all gone and you wake up each morning and you're like, what am I going to do today? I don't have a purpose. Um, and there's only so many times you go, oh, try something new, reinvent yourself. And Last year, I really battled. That's why I didn't do the podcast the last six months because I physically was had no motivation and I had to strip it back to really do the basics. Each day, I'd get up and do some form of exercise. I would walk the dog and then whatever else happened, it didn't matter because I'd already achieved something. And looking back at that now, that's it, it makes me feel anxious still because that situation I was in was so... It was so hard for me and I've never felt that before. And I can probably more resonate with people now that maybe a little bit lost and don't have a purpose. How, how, how do we, it's so like without a purpose, Mike, it, I don't know, the days sort of blend into one and it, it's pretty tough, isn't it? It is really tough. I went through kind of the same thing. I got COVID really early on, March, 2020, and I got pretty sick. Wow. Uh, well, you wouldn't have been changes. vaccinated. You wouldn't have been vaccinated then. 
no, 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 oh. I would not. And uh, it was pretty, I had a fever for like two weeks. It was, it was, I never felt like that in my life. Well, um, poor bugger. It changes your, your perspective. And then everyone's at home and you get into these comfortable modes. And eventually I was kind of thinking some of the same things, you know, what, what is my purpose? You know, uh, um, I, I mean, I know what my purpose is, but I'm not getting an opportunity to do it. Yes. Like what you're saying, yeah. all of these, you know, I, I think I mentioned you earlier, I had this wonderful trip to Madrid and Stockholm, two keynotes in both of those cities over a 10 day period. And, you know, we we're going to take our kids and it just, that was in April of 2020. It just all got shut down. And so I got to a point after a while where I was like, you know what, you need something, you need a project. And that's when, you know, I wrote a book and I wrote an online course and I created a new website and created a live training, which I've had the opportunity to practice with some groups. And, and that really gave me some purpose back. So I think it is about starting with personal mission. What is your mission? You can actually create that. Through, through, you know, through a series of questions uh, and, and reflections that help you to really identify and hone in what's important to you. What are your professional goals? What are your personal goals? And then create your mission that provides that base, that fundamental energy to push you forward. I know what my mission is. Um, and, and you know what? It's, I have it right here in front of me because I have it with me all the time to inspire all people to be well, healthy, and motivated in order to live amazing, beautiful lives. Bang, and that, love that. That, that gives me energy and mission to go out and create things for people to help their life. And so I think no matter if, you know, whatever profession it is, whoever's listening to this, whether you're a teacher or not, creating mission is really important to moving your life forward. And then when you create the goals, and you understand your why and creating the goals, you can align it with your mission. All the actions and decisions that you make, you can align it. Does, does it align with my mission? And that, you know, do I really, should I really do this if it takes me away or should I go this way? So it's, it's helpful to have personal mission. I think that creates the energy, especially for somebody who's been so downtrodden and not feeling as well mentally. Yeah, yeah, and so true. And, and like you just said there, that is all up to you, up to the individual. Um, no one else is going to do that for you, are they? Like that's that's plain and simple. You look in the mirror. That's the person that needs to sort it out. Yeah, and I talk I talk about that in the very beginning um, of the book. Is is the most powerful object you have in your possession for you know personal motivation and achievement is a mirror. You know, in it you will find your number one advocate for health and wellness and living a beautiful, motivated life, you have to do it. You can look outside for resources and assistance, but at the end of the day, you have to make those decisions and creating a personal mission statement can help you do that. Yeah, so true. And I really feel for me that this next point around gratitude was a way that I was able to get out of that funk that I was sort of in, do you know what I mean? That I was able to find things that I was still grateful for and things I was, I was grateful that I was still able to do or impact people. And that slowly trickled out and it took a while. And if people are listening and you're still a little bit hazy or in a bit of a funk, don't worry. There are ways around it. Um, I feel gratitude is a great way of doing it. How, how do you practice gratitude, Mike? Yeah. So I feel like gratitude is my superpower mm, when I'm feeling, you. when I feel bad about something, I have developed the ability to automatically go, 
even if I'm scared of something, what am I grateful for in this situation? How can I reframe it? What am I grateful for in other parts of my life? Because instantly, and, and the research shows this, that it makes you feel better. If there is one thing that you could practice for free and you can change your mindset in the next few moments, it's practicing gratitude. It's being grateful because we all have things to be grateful for. It's the same thing that I went down my list, my parents, my kids, my surgeries, my dog, but I still had all these things to be grateful for. They all have given me such beautiful blessings, including the surgeries. My back surgery gave me my life back. I couldn't even drive anymore. My wife was driving me, wow. flying with me, driving me to jobs. I would get on stage because I could stand, but I couldn't sit, do my work. You know, it was really bad, but I was grateful for the work. You can always move to gratitude. So at times I will keep a, a gratitude journal. I, I wish I could say that I do it every day. I, I don't. Um, I, I like I, your honesty. I, I like the honesty yeah, there, Mike. That, you very good. <laughs> you have to be, you know, but I am a habitual thank you card writer. I'm a very grateful person. I've written gratitude letters, which the research shows that that can give you months, especially if you go and read it to the person. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to talk about this, but, but I remember the last one I wrote was for my mom, not long before she died. And I went to her and read it to her. Oh, it was a fantastic experience that I recommended for everybody. And the, the receiver gets the same amount of, of, of personal joy out of it. The research shows that as well. So there's many ways to express gratitude, but it's so powerful. That definitely should be some kind of daily habit. And once you wow. decide that you're going to do that, you start to mine for gratitude in your day. What can, if I know I'm going to do a gratitude journal the next morning, what can I look for to be grat grateful for today so I can be ready for with it in the morning. Wow, Mike, thanks for sharing that. And I've never thought, uh, I talk about this a lot when I speak, that doing, uh, I call it a pal message, write someone a, a message that tell them why you're proud of them, what you admire about them, why you love them. But I've never, ever thought to read that to them. Um, wow, where, yeah. where did that, uh, did you think of that? Or where, where'd you get that? Because that, that mate, even listening to you then, I was, Whoa, I took, that took the, 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 the man, that made me speechless and that's hard to do. I tell you, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, you know what? I, that letter is actually, I published that letter in the book and it's pretty personal, but you know, if it's going to help someone else, it is what it is. Where did I get the gratitude letter and the research? You know what? I, I think in a, in a, and I think I saw it in an article years and years ago. And I read about what the research said that a gratitude letter could do for you. So I started to include it in a, in a wellness graduate course that I designed. And sometimes I teach more often other, other people teach it for me. And I was seeing the impact of the letter on the teachers that were in my courses. And I was like, whoa, this is a powerful thing. So just aware of the research, started implementing it in the course and in my own life. Um, and it's pretty powerful stuff. Wow, that, that is so powerful. And I'm sure people listening that um, if, you, if you've never done a gratitude, even a message to somebody like a text message, then maybe you're not going to start by going and writing a letter and reading it to someone, but maybe doing something that makes you uncomfortable and putting yourself out there for somebody else. Um, it's I call it a kindness boomerang because you're actually doing something so kind for that person. But by actually doing that act, it makes you feel even better. But that boomerang comes back and hits you, Mike. Like, like you just said there, that letter not only when you're writing it, you're remembering all those amazing things about your mom and then you get to share it with her. That's beautiful, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and there are times, 
I have done this actually, I didn't do it this year, but I've done it two or three other years where the beginning of the year I write, I'm pretty religious about writing a gratitude journal, 10 things every day. But I will say on the other side of that, there's research that shows that people writing in gratitude journals just once a week is, is more effective because I think people can get overwhelmed on trying to find things to be grateful for. And I get yeah. that. So you got to do what's comfortable for you. So it becomes some kind of, of habit. Yeah. So true. And one thing I like to do with gratitude is um, just, I'll, I've got a lot of cards of creating Mike, but six questions. So what am I grateful for today? What's something I'm grateful for last week? And one to six, and then you roll a dice and you answer that. And by using a dice, it makes it fun. Um, that's one thing I've said, like, like what we were talking about with uh, physical activity, if you can make it fun, you actually forget what you're doing, but you still get the benefits. And that's, um, I think that's really powerful. You know, one of the things that doesn't get talked about with physical activity, specifically in classrooms, is that it, it is a mindful practice, especially yeah. when it's fun. Yeah. Even if it's academic oriented, people, the brain likes to be engaged in emotion and physical activity. So when you are uh, engaged, it pulls you into the moment. And mindfulness is all about paying attention to the moment, because often our brains are saying, hey, this could happen or this did happen. And the squirrels start running. But when you focus on the moment, you can't be stressed at the same time because you're focused on what's in front of you and physical activity is a great way to do that so true and i think uh ted lasso said it best that it's called present for a reason because it's a gift not only for you but everyone you're around so um, i absolutely love that as well now your last point mike uh a morning routine i feel everything that you've just mentioned in those first four key points that is your morning routine uh for me personally that's essentially putting that to how that works for you and like we said everyone exercises differently um you don't need to get up and lift weights do a hit class go for a 100k run you can simply go for a 20 minute walk that is amazing um gratitude finding your purpose reframing your day that is essentially really figuring out your morning routine isn't it it, it certainly could be you could take the first four you know, habits ideas and you could create them into a morning routine you don't have to do everything every day but you could do you know, one every four days is something like that. But, you know, I have, a, I don't actually, to being honest again, don't include all of those in my morning routine. Um, I actually, you know, I, sometimes I work out in the morning, but what I always do is meditate. I'm a, I'm a regular meditator. I have been actually for decades. Um, and, and then after I meditate, I, I have this very carefully crafted visualization that I do with music. I have my headphones on. And, and I, there are some specific pieces of music that I have on YouTube um, that are they're li listed under, if you search YouTube for inspirational instrumental music, it just really gets me going. And so cool. I think about what I want my life to be. I'm grateful. I, I'm grateful and goal oriented at the same time. And by the time I'm done with this visualization, I'm just ready to jump out of bed. <laughs> it's, it's like fantastic. These fantastic things, these big end results um, that, that I want in my life. And it's about people and, and about career and, 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 and my body. And it's just really an amazing thing. I find other times to work out during the day. But I do practice gratitude. I practice stress management um, uh, and, and, and morning routine, of course. And, and it all aligns back to my personal mission. So you can tie it all together. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So with your uh, meditation, obviously, if you've been doing it for you know so long, um, is there apps do you use or are you just able to now zone out and, and do it yourself? 
Yeah. So I, I, I can do it myself, but in the yeah. very beginning, and I'm going to say this was the early 2000s. That's how long I've been doing it. I sought out a teacher. We have a really great local teacher here who taught me his way of meditating, which is called effortless meditation. It's based on transcendental meditation. So I have a mantra that I use. And at this point in my life, I feel like I can sit down in the middle of a rock and roll concert and I could, I could zone wow. out if I need to, because it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, it, it just, it just relaxes your mind. It just, it, it just brings you to a state of nothingness. So you can just relax, you know, your rate of oxygen intake is less than when you're sleeping. It's just really an amazing, phenomenal thing. But I, it, it cost me a little bit of money to do. And it took me, I don't know what it was. Was it like an eight to 10 hour uh, course that I took with him, but it was so worth it. it I just, it saved my life. Yeah. And I, I know there's so many apps on the market these days and like Calm yeah. app and Headspace and yeah. so many options yeah. like that. And I think like we we're talking about before with exercise, there's so many options because so many people need different ideas and different things that work for them really, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. There's people that meditate while they're moving, which yeah. I don't think I could get the same result, but some people probably can. There's they, they meditate when they're getting ready in the morning. They meditate through just a, a watching their breath and noticing their breath uh, and they use breathing as a part of the mindful meditation. So there's different ways to do it. Obviously I just found my way that works and I'm really, really happy with it. I should do it twice a day. Another honesty moment. I often don't, that happens maybe twice a month, but I definitely do it in the morning. And actually in the afternoon, if I'm feeling kind of dragging and tired two or three o'clock, I will stop myself and do a little 10 minute meditation. And that is better than caffeine for me. It just wakes me right back up and I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I think what you just said there about you do it every morning because our days get busy. We don't know what's going to happen up, but yeah. you make sure that that sets your day up. And um, if that everyone's got something different that they should do, but um, by you doing that in the morning, you already have a win and then you start your day and you know, it works for you. So everyone's morning routine, whatever you're doing, stick to it, be consistent, yeah. because if you can achieve that, I know some people even making their bed, drinking a cup of water, like, you've done something positive and you've been consistent with that. So I love that, Mike. So let's talk more about the book, uh, The Peak Performing Teacher. Where can we find it? We, we need this. Everyone needs it. Yeah. So, and, and I do want to say that when you say everyone, it's true. I, I live in the education space. And so the book is called The Peak Performing Teacher, but it could be The Peak Performing Anyone. Yeah. It, it just is written for everybody. Uh, you can find it at any online retailer. It's published by Corwin. Um, so you can go to corwin.com, C-O-R-W-I-N. It's a uh, publishing house in California. You can go to Amazon. You can go to Barnes and Noble online and you can find the book. It'll be available. Uh, you can pre-order it now, but it'll be available as to ship out, I think, February 8th. Um, so yeah, pretty excited about it. There's a new com uh, companion website with it called thepeakperformingteacher.com, which will be up and running also on February 6th. So you can get all the information about the book and and, and courses, et cetera, uh, that exist with it. Well, this will be going just live before, obviously, the book launches, Mike, and um, hopefully people can get a little bit excited. Um, I'll have links on the show notes, 243. If you go to the show notes to obviously pre-order, get your book, set your year up, get the habits going right. And as I said before, you don't need to obviously try and implement all five that we've just spoken about there, Mike. But um, if there's something that you like, oh, I've heard this a lot. Like I'm sure people have heard how important it is to move your body, how important it is to practice gratitude, a morning routine, reframing. Like now's the time, isn't it? Get, give it a go. Yeah. And I do have to say, Dale, one of the things I very specifically say on the dedication 
page in the beginning of the book is that this is a reminder. I didn't invent any of things, but it's told through my my frame and, and my perspective uh, and my filters, and hopefully it can help. It's, just, it's a reminder about what you might consider to do in your own life. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. Now, um, my last question, Mike, how you been hitting them on the golf course? Obviously having your back done, um, has that made you yeah. swing? Has that improved your swing? Oh, I've played Dell. I got to say, I've played more golf in the last uh, two years, three <laughs> years since my back surgery than I did for like five years before because I just it improved my swing tremendously. My surgeon, uh, he's a golfer, so he understood. He knew what uh, you so needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? So my golf game, I went from uh, bad to not as bad. How's that? <laughs> Is, I think we get along pretty well, mate. It sort of sounds like my golf game at the moment. But um, I think that really sums it up as well that, you know, finding something like that, doesn't matter if you're like what you score, how good you are at it. Um, there's so many benefits that come with it. Um, so stick at it, find something that you're passionate about. If that's pickleball, go and check that out, whatever it is. Um, but Mike, thanks so much for your time and congratulations on another book. Um, very impressive, mate. Um, I strive to obviously have the career that you're having, mate, and the impact you're having. So thank you so much for being on the show once again. Dale, thank you so much. I wish you continued success. I love watching your career from afar. And thanks again. And I look forward to our next conversation. Cheers.